What happens after we die? Is the fiery place real? Does everything just go blank? Some people claim to have experienced life after death. These are tales of near-death experiences. Stories, folklore, legends, leyendas, cuentos y más. This is Spooky Tales. Listen, escuchen, at your own risk. This is Christina. And this is MJ. And this is another episode of Spooky Tales. Today, we are talking about near-death experiences. I'm excited. Me too. I forgot why I even wanted to do this episode. I think I was watching that <laughs> that documentary on Netflix about it. Is there one? I got to check it out. But yeah. I've always been curious about like NDEs because they're so strange and they're and aside from strange they um multiple people claim the same thing yes of all walks of life yes and i'm like you know one person claiming you know they see something fine but multiple people from different walks of life claiming they see the same shit that's kind of sketchy yeah yeah but first our listener's story all right, so this person sent this into our Instagram. And as always, you can either send one into Instagram. You can email it to us at spookytales.gmail.com. You can DM it on Twitter, any of our socials, or email that works if you have a spooky story for us to share. Mm-hmm. So this person said, this happened around 2007 or 2008. My parents rented out my old room to a youngster from Mexico. We work at the same irrigation company in McFarland, California. One day at work, he comes up to me and asks if I have ever experienced anything paranormal in my old room. I said to myself, yes, but I just told him to tell me what happened. He said the previous night, the room got cold and he woke up. His vision was still blurry, but he saw a figure in black standing at the end of his bed. He rubbed his eyes and looked again. Sure enough, there was a man dressed in black with long hair, pale skin, and empty eye sockets. (laughs) he said it just stood there silent and motionless he couldn't believe what he was seeing and put the blanket over his head a minute later he peeked his head out and the man was still there he did this several times and then started to pray even though he was praying the man was still there fear started to set in and he prayed to god and to his ancestors he looked one last time and to his relief the man was gone The temperature in the room went back to normal. After he told me this story, I looked at him and said, In that same room, when I was 13 years old, the devil appeared in the shape of a goat. He didn't know what else to say and walked away. Two months later, he went back to Michoacan. I mean, I would too, because fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no thanks. Nope. That's not even a shadow person. That's some other shit. That's some mm-hmm. other empty eye sockets. No. no, 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 not today. Not today, Satan. Literally. <laughs> yeah, li- literally. <laughs> okay, back to, um, or I mean, now on to our topic. For near-death experiences, there's not a universally accepted definition of it. 
The Oxford Dictionary defines it as an unusual experience taking place on the brink of death and recounted by a person after recovery, typically an out-of-body experience or a vision of a tunnel of light. And then Wikipedia says a profound personal experience associated with death or impending death, which researchers claim share similar characteristics. When positive, such experiences may encompass a variety of sensations, including detachment from the body, feelings of levitation, total serenity, security, warmth, the experience of absolute dissolution, and the presence of a light. And when negative, such experiences may include sensations of anguish and distress. I'm not going to lie. I like tried searching for negative experiences and I only found one. I found a few. So I'm excited. Well, I found two that are legit. One of them, go- one of one person wrote a book. So I can't obviously put the whole thing in the story, but I go over it. And then I found a list of uh, multiple things people claim to see. So I'm excited oh, to go over it. Okay. All right. I'm excited to hear yours. Just a little more info on NDEs. So 17% of those who nearly die experience an NDE. They have been reported by people from all walks of lives, atheists, children, scientists, doctors, priests, religious people, and from all over the world as well. And it seems to be a different experience for everyone, but they share similar characteristics. Mm -hmm. These are usually hearing or seeing from outside of the body, like an out-of-body experience, Mm -hmm. passing or going through a tunnel, encountering a light, intense and positive emotions, a review of a person's life, like your life flashing before your eyes, Mm -hmm. encountering a deceased loved one, and finally choosing to return to their life. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so most people experience some or all of those. 45% of those who did report an NDE had an out-of-body experience. One study led by Dr. Michael Sabom sought out to study the accuracy of these out-of-body experiences. So he had two groups of people, one that reported an out-of-body experience and the other group didn't. And both groups of these people suffered cardiac arrest that required resuscitation. And so he had the two groups describe their own resuscitation and the group that had the out-of-body experience all were like very accurate compared to the group that did not report an out-of-body experience. What? That's weird, right? Yeah. Like they saw their own resuscitation and accurately described. Yeah, I hear that a lot. And I hear that there have been cases too where people during these NDEs can actually hear the conversation the doctor's having. And then when they wake up, they're like, hey, doctor, you were talking about this, this, and this. I heard you talking shit about me. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) I heard you say I should die. Um, One star. (laughs) (laughs) But it's weird that, like, how would they know? Right? And so... Someone else, a Dr. Penny Sartori, did the same study, had the same results. Hmm. Another study by Dr. Janice Holden found that 89 out of 89 OBE, out-of-body experiences, uh, reported mm-hmm. 92% were completely accurate in describing wow. their own resuscitation, I should add. 
That's that's a high percentage. Right? It's it's very strange. That's an A. <laughs> that's an A, yeah. <laughs> that's an a. <laughs> and that's that's a good grade. <laughs> and then these are just some comments I found on a Reddit thread where someone asked about um near death experiences. Sadly, the, the thread is over two years old, so the username is deleted and I can't credit it. The link to the thread will be in the show notes. Oh, no. In our blog post, which I'm very behind on. Anyway. <laughs> so the person said, I was hit by a car and I remember my memories flashing all in an instance and then everything went white. That emptiness of the white scares me. And that scared me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is another one and this is this is the same situation the person had deleted their username or their entire reddit account so i can't credit them either i fractured my skull when i was a kid while i was out i was visited by an entity that told me that i wouldn't have to go to heaven or hell if or when i died i was told that my life energy would be released in the form of light and that light would shoot off across the universe until it encountered another planet with intelligent life I could live a life there and continue the journey when I died. There. I should note that I'm a preacher's kid. This totally called into question the faith I was growing up with. And I just found that, that super interesting. That is interesting. I have heard that too, where people claim that, like, you know, like it's reincarnation and different civilizations and stuff. I don't know if I believe in it, but if it is true interesting yeah right i don't know i don't know how i feel about i don't know what comes after you know i don't know that i believe in heaven or hell or whatever so yeah i don't know maybe everything does go white and then nothing i don't know (laughs) i mean my teacher always said that if there is an afterlife yay if there's not we wouldn't give a shit either way so exactly it's a win-win yeah yeah yeah, it is a (laughs) win-win it's a win-win so the following is I have I have a tale that my mom told me, and these are people that I don't remember if I know them, but I know she knows them. <laughs> anyway, I've changed the names and added some details and changed details so that if you, you do know them, you can't identify them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I I cried typing it, so hopefully I don't cry right now because I'm a little bitch. <laughs> Aww. Aww. It's sad. Anyway, so here it goes. <laughs> Estefania and her husband were delighted to hear they were expecting in the summer of 2018. Sadly, their happiness was overshadowed by some terrible news. Estefania's mother, Lucia, had been diagnosed with a terminal illness. They weren't sure how long she had. It was both Estefania and her mother's hope that she would live long enough to meet the baby. But as time passed, she grew more and more ill. When Estefania was 37 weeks pregnant, Lucia found herself in the hospital, and this time she was almost sure that she would not be leaving alive. That same day, Estefania began having some complications in her pregnancy. She had a terrible headache, swelling, and abdominal pain. She found herself at the same hospital her mother was at, but a floor apart. Estefania's baby was ready to make her entrance into the world, and so Estefania went into labor. She pushed and pushed until she heard the cries of her baby. But those cries began to sound further and further away until Estefania could no longer hear anything. 
She was losing massive amounts of blood, and the medical team was hard at work to keep her alive. Although she had lost consciousness, Estefania then found herself walking. The day was beautiful, sunny, warm, the birds were chirping, and then she saw her mom. Lucia had tears in her eyes, but she looked both so sad and so happy. They shared a hug, and Lucia told her, Mija, lo lograste. Estoy tan orgullosa de ti. Te amo, pero ya me tengo que ir. ¿Y tú? Pues tú tienes que decidir, mi niña. ¿Te vas conmigo o te quedas? Yo no puedo decidir por ti, pero quiero que luches por regresar. Tienes a esa hermosa niña que acaba de llegar al mundo, y ella te necesita. And now in English. Mija, you did it, and I'm so proud of you. I love you, but I have to go now, and well... You have to decide, my girl. Will you come with me or will you go back? I can't decide for you, but I want you to fight to return. You've got that gorgeous girl that just joined the world and she needs you. They hugged and they cried. And Estefania said goodbye to her mother. At the same time, she was flatlining and the medical team was working hard to bring her back. But it wasn't until Estefania parted ways with her mother and decided herself to return that they were able to revive her. When Estefania woke up, she knew that her mother had passed just one floor above her, even though no one had given her the news yet. That is crazy. That was so sad. I was about to cry right now, too. <laughs> she, dude, I was like almost tearing up and I was like, no, I can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I was like. No, I, I got to keep it professional. I'll cry later. Keep, keep was- it professional. <laughs> Wow, that was insane. I mean, that was both so sad and so beautiful at the same time. Right? That's crazy. Yeah, and she like vividly recalls this. That's crazy. This this reminds me of another story. It's sort of related. It's not a near-death experience, but uh, family visiting, you know, mm-hmm. fa- deceased family visiting. But mm-hmm. my... Um, I think I've said this before, but my mom was undocumented for a very long time. And so she lost both her grandparents and she couldn't go see them because, uh, you know, she can't she couldn't leave the country. And so my mi bello, my great grandpa, he passed away first and mi bella passed away later, my great grandma. And so my mom was asleep and in her dream, she saw both of them walking together and like holding hands. Mm hmm. And she's never dreamed them together. And I don't remember if they like stopped and gave her a hug in the dream or if she just saw them walking and she was calling to them and they wouldn't turn back around. I don't remember exactly the dream, but mm-hmm. when she woke up, she knew like something happened to my great grandma. And that's when they called her from Mexico to tell her that she had passed away. That's insane. Yeah. So she like saw it in her dream and knew like, yeah, something happened and you know what's funny? Like, I often, like, I'm so skeptical about shit, but when stuff like that happens, I'm like, how can you ignore it? Like, exactly. Me too. Like, I'm, uh, especially with that, I'm like, mm, is it, is it really? Like, even though I have my faith, there's times when I do battle with my ideologies because I am very, you know, research, scientific based. And even though we do speak on a lot of crazy shit, I don't even know if I believe half of it. Same. I think I think it's fun. I think it's you know it gives you a little bit of a scare and it's fun to talk about. But half of the time, I am I am unsure if I actually believe in it. You know, I guess I guess it depends. I, you know, it switches. Uh, you know, 
depending on the day of the week. Yeah, like I've never seen anything, but I personally would never tell someone, oh, no, that's not real. Like if they think yeah. they saw it, I 100% believe that they they think they saw something, you know? Yeah, and I'm like the exact same way, but with stuff like this, like how, how can you deny you, it, right? How you can deny yeah. it. Like, um, you know, the story that you said uh, with, you know, the baby being born and, and the grandma saying, you know, go back. You have a beautiful daughter who just joined the world. Um, and then this story, it's just like how, like, how, how does this information that you cannot physically, you know, get to right. without how do you know it, you know, it happened or it is happening when there is no way for you to know? Like, it's just, it blows my mind. Same, same. I think that's why I like, I like reading about near-death experiences so much because like, how, you know, how, how? How? I know. And I know, I know scientists also say like, oh, it's, you know, the lack of oxygen in the brain. Okay, fine. But how do the people who survive it get certain information that they should not know? Right? Like. This, Explain in this that. story, uh, Estefania, she knew her mom. Like, she knew she was really saying bye to her mom. Yeah. And she was right. When she woke up from, when she was revived, her mom had passed away. Like Exactly. So, how? like, I mean, I understand. Okay, the lack of oxygen. Fine. But explain to me how in so many, you know, so many incidents, people have this knowledge uh, that they shouldn't have when they wake up. Yeah. How do they acquire this information that they should not know that is physically impossible for them to know? Because one, it happened somewhere else. And two, they're practically dead. Yeah. So or like all those studies, how how do those people accurately describe their own resuscitation? And then you and then the other people that did not experience that out of body um, experience that mm-hmm. it didn't happen to them. They're just guessing and they're wrong. Yeah. So, so like, you know, that. <laughs> There ha- there has to be a way that they get this information because it, it just doesn't like, oh, magically, no, because, I mean, that's like, you know, again, science. And and, and what I'm saying is, like, there, there are some things that we still cannot explain, and I think NDEs are one of those. Like, it, yeah. it makes me, like, I don't know. It weirds me out because there's there's no... They can, you know, they can say that these experiences are uh, sure like visions and stuff of otherworldly places sure can be the lack of oxygen, but that's not what I'm like, you know, I'm getting at. I'm getting at like when people wake up and they, you know, they just know about certain things that sometimes weren't even in the room that they were dying in. Sometimes it was like outside of the room in another place. Yeah. How do they know? Like how... Science, explain, please. Please, please. Because <laughs> I'm like, like going to break my head over this because I just, I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, near-death experiences are terrifying. Um, but I wanted to look at near-death ex- experiences where people claim to have gone to hell. What? Okay, I have not heard any of these. I'm excited. <laughs> Okay, so there's a lot of them, but I picked uh, two because I was like, man, if I write anymore, it's going to be like four pages. <laughs> well, it's two pages, <laughs> but, you know, if I write another story, it's going to be like four. Yeah. So in 1994, a man named Van collapsed from an overdose and died for approximately 30 minutes, and which is insane. I'm not sure if he, like, fully died for 30 minutes or, or what, because I'm like, wait, five minutes without oxygen? 
Um, he should be dead, which is insane. Like, think about it. He died for 30 minutes and he woke up with full brain function, which is huh. my yeah. in, in itself. But anyways, let's get continue to the NDE. And he says, immediately I fell through the earth as if the earth were no longer solid and I were skydiving or something. I do not really know how to put this experience into words as there's nothing I can draw upon to explain explain it except to say that I literally fell through the soil, rocks, minerals, water, etc. It was not much of a tunnel as just literally passing through solids, which at this point were anything but solid. And then Van claims that he fell for a long time, then landed in a hallway. He was confused and panicking, trying to find his way out of this place, place that he soon realized was hell. Van claims that this hallway had various doors and each door had a person inside who was being punished. In one room, he goes on to describe a woman that was scrubbing a dirty toilet for all eternity. What? I'd be pissed. Yeah, yeah, I'd be hella mad. Mm -mm. Nope. (laughs) Not I. Mm -mm. I don't know what my punishment in hell will be. Oh my God, probably to listen to anti-vaxxers. Oh God! Uh, same. That, that's my punishment now. That's gonna be my watch. I gotta like sit in a like a room where like an anti-vaxer is giving a speech. Oh my God! And it's gonna be all bad science too. Yeah. <laughs> he later encountered a man who claimed to be Satan. Van said, "I immediately stood up and said to him, I had I had to leave. That I should not be here.'" Under normal circumstances, I would dismiss such a person as a lunatic. However, given what I had seen thus far and given what I was feeling inside, I half believed this man. I ran out of the room and began running down the hallway again, the endless hallway. It felt futile, but I was scared and continued running. I could hear the man laughing behind me. Ew. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Uh-uh. Van woke up surrounded by his friends. He was told he was unconscious for 30 minutes and the entire time he was not taking a breath, which insane. Yeah. And there's, uh, you know, there's a few people who claim to have gone to hell. There was this really, oh, I can't even remember, but there was this guy who committed a few murders and had an NDE and he claimed to like been tortured really during his death. I can't remember. It was like on huh. a Spanish show. My mom would always show it to me and she was like, Oh, like the way he describes hell is so terrifying. She was like, see, see, this is what happens if you murder people. Don't murder anyone, MJ, okay? <laughs> yes. Murder is bad. <laughs> murder is bad. <laughs> but um he like goes on to describe like that demons like do all kinds of horrible shit, which I'm not going to go into because it's really disturbing. And then he turned his life around after this NDE, which was crazy. But I was like, like he was actually tortured for a while. Wow. While he was, he was dead. And I was like, Oh no. I mean, just the crazy, like, Hey, I had this experience and I completely, you know, turned my life around because of this NDE that I experienced. So I'm like, damn, that must have been one hell, no pun intended, of an NDE. <laughs> <laughs> no, no pun intended, yeah. No pun intended. 
on to story uh, number two. In 1992, Matthew Boxford was walking out of a restaurant when he was struck in the back of the head by a nine millimeter bullet. According to Botsford, he died and gone to hell. He wrote his entire experience in a book called A Day in Hell. Botsford was in a coma for 27 days following the shooting. That's a long time. So he describes it. Utter darkness enveloped me as if thick black ink had been poured over my eyes. He later described being hung over an abyss as heat was blasted up from below. Pairs of demonic eyes crept towards him before a divine entity grabbed him by the waist and said, it's not your time. Huh. That part like kind of gets to me. Like it's not your time. Like how would he know in this, you know, existence, I guess coma or stuff that he was, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm going to survive this. Like, okay, say even even if he's kept alive through a machine, if somebody unplugged it, it's like, bro, you're not surviving this. So how would he know that he was going to keep on living? That's just, yeah. Know, again, information that they shouldn't know. Right, right. While looking into, uh, by the way, this is more in a book. I just, um, I think I Googled it. I mean, I it's on Google Books, so I linked it in the show notes. Okay. I'm not sure if it's free because when I opened the... Um, Oh, God. Like, when I open the thing, it seems pretty long. I don't know if it's a short book. No, huh. I, I think you have to buy it. Oh, it's okay. in the uh, It's in the link, but... So you have to buy it. It's called A Day... Let me see. A Day in Hell, Death to Life to Hope by Nancy Botsford. Okay. I okay. I think she writes it about her husband or something. Oh... But anyways, um, so while looking into NDEs, I noticed that some people have the same visions of hell as others. So some people claim to be falling down a vortex that just like kind of sucks them into like hell or something. I was like, that's creepy. Yeah. Wow. And some people claim to see skulls and skeletons and corpses as far as the eye can see. Oh. And and this isn't just one person. Multiple people have claimed to see this particular scene when they have an NDE. And the same thing with the vortex. Multiple pe- people claim to be falling through a vortex. Huh. Um, people also claim to see the damned in hell. So, you know, when they arrive there and they're like, where the hell am I? Um, They see damn souls being tortured. So people who are already dead being tortured. And uh, many people also, when they have NDEs, see demons in their NDEs. Like like that one story that I, like I said, where th- this guy was a murderer and he, he died for a minute. And mm-hmm. he he himself was tortured. I got to find that story because I tried so hard to look for it. But I, I'm i going to have to have my mom retell it because she knows she knows what it's about. But I, I'm just going to say from what I remember, it's really graphic and really disturbing because it goes into like very like, how can I say it? like gory details, but because it's hell you know, this violence happens, you get healed only to then once you're fully healed to have it happen to you over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So, 
No, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those are my stories. So I'm curious if anybody has any other stories of near-death experiences where they are really negative like this. I know there was um, a really famous near-death experience, and I can't remember, but it was this guy. And again, back in the 90s, the ones I found tend to happen in the 90s. What's up, people living at that time? Hmm. Are you guys okay? Right. Well, um, (laughs) I mean, we're 90s babies, so are we okay? (laughs) Are we okay? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there was this famous one where the guy was in the hospital, and he had died for a, a minute, and the And he describes, again, the entire, you know, medical procedure and stuff. But then he claims to hear, like, and I got to find this because this is all by memory. I listened to this one time, I think, on Coast to Coast. So for those who who listen, you probably know what I'm talking about. And if you do, please message me because I literally, I forgot the name. I heard it years ago. But he hears, like, some kind of, like, entity voice thing calling him from the hallway. And so he leaves the room and then, like, goes into this hallway and there's, like, this negative energy and he encounters, like, a bunch of, like, negative shit until this other entity, what he, I think he describes as God, comes and saves him. Because he was, like, I don't know, he had, like, this weird, like, demonic-like experience and he prays. And then he comes, he, he, you know, he ends up being saved, but long story short, he survives his NDE, like his, you know, and he describes it in this book that he wrote. And I was like, it's so funny to me that a lot of people who have negative NDEs, especially like demonic, like mm-hmm. always like change their life right after. Because I mean, this, this guy did sign? the same. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, this guy did the same. He was like, you know, he was like a, a very like a selfish person before, and then he had his NDE, and he was like, "I got to change my ways." The only thing like that makes me want to change my ways is like the fact that I couldn't survive this triple digit weather this summer. <laughs> so I'm like, how am I going to survive hell? Right. Okay? It's going to be too hot. It's going to be too hot. I got to change my ways. (laughs) I can't deal with that. You know, it's like freaking valley summer. F that. The worst. (laughs) And and I bet, I bet in my hell, it's going to be muggy. Hot and muggy. It's going to be gross. Yeah. I need to change my ways. Imagine that swamp ass, eternal swamp ass. (laughs) (laughs) Like always... That is horrifying. <laughs> but yeah, that's the I have. <laughs> this article that I found, um, it talks about, let me go scroll back up. So it's called The Evolutionary Origin of Near-Death Experiences, A Systematic okay. Investigation. Ooh. Um, but basically what they're trying to figure out is that there's a biological, not biological, evolutional, no, is that a word? Evolutionary? Yes. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> there's a, there's an evolutionary um, purpose to uh, near-death experiences. Mm-hmm. And so they have shown in their, in their article that humans under attack by an animal mm-hmm. or a modern predator Mm-hmm. Uh, experience near death or NDEs 
And so their theory is that NDEs serve the purpose of, or serve the biological purpose of survival, benefit of survival. So mm-hmm. um, the reason these happen and it happens, you know, in people's minds is because they're trying to survive. They don't want to die. And so then they see oh. these things. Mm-hmm. Okay. So th- this is quote quoted. So. They wrote, we propose that the acquisition of language enabled humans to transform these events from relatively stereotyped death feigning under predatory attacks into the rich perceptions that form near-death experiences and extend to non-predatory situations. Hmm. Um, so hopefully that makes sense because I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> yeah, so basically it's like um, our ancestors used to have it when they were being attacked by predators. And now because we don't really have predators, we're you know, the top of the food chain. Now we experience these NDEs and regular, regular, not being eaten by animals death experiences. Yes, exactly. Better said than, than I. <laughs> I didn't I mean, say anything. Using regular degular. <laughs> <laughs> but in here, here's one that someone shared after an attack by a lion. Hmm. After walking five steps into the cage, a lioness jumped up and attacked me. As I blacked out, the lioness took three bites into my head. <gasps> oh my god. Oh jeez. Then I turned around and she bit me on the side of the head. Then finally, she bit my chest, my right breast. Then I lost all consciousness. While I was in this unconscious state, I went through the most amazing, beautiful, blissful experience. I saw things about me and my family. I saw my things from the future, like my 19-year-old brother with three baby girls pleading with me for help. I saw my entire life. I remember small bits of it now, but barely anything. I went to this amazing, beautiful place. Some call it heaven. Some call it God. Some call it hallucinating. All I know is that this is where everyone truly belongs. It is where the soul goes. I wanted to stay, but then something happened. I heard a voice. My voice kept saying, you're only 15. Get up. Run. Then the blissful place in which I was in closed. It was like I was in a portal that looked like a black hole. It was a black hole with all the colors you can imagine. And colors that human the human eye does not recognize, and it closed. Hmm. Interesting. I like this article, and I like where it's going, but I want to know, again, how do people get information while they're in pretty much limbo and death that they shouldn't be privy to? Exactly. I like, like that it's giving NDEs, like, a solid scientific yeah, explanation. Yeah. But... but- <laughs> I like how we just said but at the same time. <laughs> the whole, like, you know, there's times when it's just like the NDE, just the experience, and it's weird. And, okay, explainable, those. But what about those, you know, the the, the really, the ones that, that they come out of this um, near-death experience with this information that they shouldn't know because, one, they were either in a coma or clinically dead. And two, it's sometimes it's information that it's that didn't happen in the room that they were dying in. That sometimes happened, you know, in a separate room or happened in another part of the planet of the world. And yet they know like that does not explain how people come out of these near death experiences 
with information that they should not know. Exactly. That is my same question. Like my story that I shared earlier, where yes. no one had told her yet, because essentially her mom died as she was trying not to die. Yeah. She had no idea. And she woke up and she knew. She knew that her mom had died. How? Exactly. Yeah. And the, it, ha- I mean, and, and her mom's death happened in a different room. And not to mention, like, um, when stuff like that happens, a lot of the time to, to not make situations worse, um, medical professionals are advised not, like, and especially if, if she was, like, in, in, in the birthing center, the, the, the medical staff in the birthing center are going to be completely different from the rest of the staff. Yeah, so they probably the staff even wouldn't know even themselves. know. Yeah, exactly. And and number two, even if they did know, um, um, my cousin uh had an NDE not too long ago, and she lost her baby girl. She was pregnant. Um, Aww. she was in a coma. Yeah, for I I want to say like a month or two months, and she she got out of it, but now she has the um the she switches from being a normal adult to having. Um, the consciousness of a child. But that being said, um, when the baby had died, when, you know, because they had to, she went into labor while she was in a coma. Um, They, the doctors told, uh, told the entire staff and the entire family not to speak about the baby or the death or anything that could agitate her. What if when she, when she came to, you know, when she, she woke up from the coma. So even if the staff, like in in that story you first told, knew that her mother had passed away, it would have been advised that no one speak on, speak about it in the room. Yeah. So again, how could she come out with this information? How did she know? It makes no sense and I cannot wrap my brain around it. And again, there's been cases where people who are, you know, dying or having this near-death experience see themselves dying and can describe every minute detail of the, ho- uh, you know, of the, the room, uh, of the hospital, of sometimes, you know, some things that are outside of the room and like the hallway. And it's like, how would they know? Yeah, exactly. It, it makes no sense. I can't wrap my brain around it. <laughs> Same. So yeah, I think that is our episode. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I had a spooky recommendation ready and I forgot. Oh, there it is. Okay. I haven't. Oh, well, let me rephrase that so people know what I'm talking about. Spooky recommendations this week. <laughs> yeah. Um, so mine, I haven't read it yet. I'm going to start reading it, but it, I've heard it has a lot of good reviews. This is a book called The Ballad of Black Tom by mm. Victor Laval. And it's won a bunch of awards the shirley jackson award this is horror award bram stoker award Ooh, yeah and it's, out. it's got sorcery it's set in the jazz age it's horror slash like fantasy so oh, hell yes yeah I'm, I'm excited to check this one out i guess the spooky recommendation is the book that i showed you which by the way i found at the dollar tree i had no idea <laughs> that books <laughs> they sold books but you know any like overstock books i guess the dollar tree buys out because i was i used to love going to the dollar tree as a kid because i would buy all the wishbone books i don't know if you remember that dog that, oh like, yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny we didn't when i was like 
because I grew up in San Francisco, you guys. So I never seen a Dollar Tree until I moved to the Valley. Really? Really? Huh. I, yeah, we had them in Oakland. Yeah, I, I, I never seen one, but we go there. So like I buy kids like craft stuff. Like I know they have like paint and and wooden stuff there, and we go there, and the kids buy craft supplies to make whatever they need for school. Or sometimes when we, you know, they just want to paint. But anyways, in the craft section, well, I should say like right behind it. Well, yeah, I guess it was in the craft section because we went to a separate one. Anyways, that's besides the point. the The point is that I came across this book called Nightmare Land by Lex Lonehood no- Nover. If I pr- I pronounced your name wrong i am so sorry we're sorry lex <laughs> <laughs> and the artwork on in this book is amazing um it's spooky it's like you know like drawn in pencil very very spooky and it's about um so i guess you know nightmares sleep paralysis it goes in chapter one is sleep paralysis chapter two is parasomnias Chapter three is Sleepwalk Murders, which I'm excited to get there. Um, chapter four is Sleep Deprivation. And I'm guessing chapter four would also go into like hallucinations that huh. sleep deprivation costs. Yeah. Um, chapter five is The Nightmare Realm. Um, chapter six is, is Hypnagogia. I'm not sure what that is, but I'm excited to find out. <laughs> <laughs> chapter seven is Psychic Attacks. Uh, chapter eight is alien in questions and chapter nine is lucid dreaming. And I have only gotten to the, to the first few pages because I am still reading like three other books right now, but I saw this and I was like, the table of contents just are screaming my name. Yeah. And the, the cover looks super cool. And so does the, the drawings, the art. Yes, yes, yes. So if you find it at the, (laughs) your you know, bookstore or Dollar Tree, go get it. Um, if not, it, I think it's on Amazon for like $13. Mm, Hopefully you guys are as lucky as me and yes. found it for a dollar. <laughs> and also, Lex, I am so sorry. That you're, you know, um, but yeah, I found I found your book at a dollar tree. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm going to go and, and continue going to a dollar tree in the book, see if they have any more books might as well yeah (laughs) might as well (laughs) all right uh stay as spooky and um oh wait i forgot our saying let's see if you clinically died and you see the hot fiery place change your ways (laughs) it's a sign your ways it's a sign (laughs) Uh, stay as spooky and we'll catch everyone next time bye bye a quick shout out to our spookies supporting us on Patreon, Mariela, Cleo, Rene, Yamaris, Iris, Ghost Train, and Madtown Charity. Thank you so much for your support. A Spooky Tales is hosted by Christina and MJ, edited and produced by Christina. If you're looking for extra ways to support the show, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash Tales. And you can also check out our Patreon for bonus episodes and more. Go to espookytales.com slash support. But of course, you have our eternal gratitude for just listening. Stay spooky.